0: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The
1: Steve Day Show.
0: And greetings.
2: Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And let's just get this out of the way now. What? Um, my son, Noah, I came down from the shower this morning after, my, after hitting the gym and I'm dressed, and he sees the shirt I'm wearing, and he looks at me and he says, Mom got that for you, didn't she? And I said, yeah. He, He's like, I get it. See, he's old enough now. He's got a girl. He knows what it's like. So. I am biting the bullet today. I appreciate the fact that you guys did not immediately laugh when I walked in wearing this shirt. I laughed on the inside. <laughs> All right, so this is a gift. It's been a great birthday month. My wife has gotten me... I mean, it's been an incredible birthday month. A lot... We've done a lot of cool things and everything else. The least I could do is is wear this shirt for her today. You know what I'm saying? I you. Because the motivation was pure, you know, so... Aaron, thank you for not laughing at me today. I appreciate it when I came in wearing this. Um, not even not even acknowledging it in fact. I liked it. Yeah, I
3: hadn't Didn't even, say a word. hadn't noticed it until, you know, you said something about it just
4: just uh, now. I'm not blaming Amy. I, I feel like she gave me a gave present. you a gift? <laughs> yes. Hey, thank you, Amy. God bless you.
3: <laughs> Indeed.
2: All right, our friends over at Constitution Wealth Management. They want to give you a present as well. All right. They have helped our listeners align this year already over 10 million dollars of their portfolio with their principles. They can do the same with you right now. They still think there's millions of dollars in this audience that could be realigned as a weapon in the culture war that you no longer have to invest uh, into things that uh, are frankly evil un-American and against you, but that you can do this righteously and still get the righteous reward that you're looking for. So if you want more information, um, go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve, constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Book an appointment today. Get your retirement investments aligned with your values. And let's start building that parallel economy together at constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Yes, today is my 50th birthday I to celebrate. I remain with only 50% of my hearing. So I'm on my, the, the third dose of steroids yet. And it's still, my right ear still sounds like there is a frequency that is just untuned, just a constant buzzing. And every once in a while, I get like a warning beep, and I look up to see if salvation is nigh. And uh, so, you know. Happy
3: birthday, Steve.
2: Oh, wow. That is, that's a picture. Oh. That's one year, right? The first, first birthday cake, I believe?
3: I would, yeah, I would assume so.
2: Yeah, look at that. Wow. That that might be the oldest picture of me we have left. I think that's me at one just absolutely decimating. Crushing it. That <laughs> birthday cake, like literally. Like I assassinated that thing. Was and it pumpkin that, spice? Yeah. <laughs> that set a precedent that would remain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for blindsiding me with that. I did not see that coming, but I appreciate it nevertheless. All right. Coming up on today's show, we have a very special guest at the end of the program we will get to. Uh, we will have feedback Friday. I believe our colleague Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage is here Yep, uh, for the Dace Group. So let's get to it. Indeed it is time for your weekly look at the week that was so let it begin as it always does with issue one bleep Lord nefarious says
0: Understand why in the year 2023 doctors are still forcing their trans patients to sit there and misgender themselves multiple times over every- again to satiate their confusion and curiosity and how they seem to just not be able to understand how I said I take testosterone because I'm transgender my body doesn't produce its own and then later saying how like referencing my pregnancy and this and that and she just didn't get it she didn't just had to like really drill it in that she was confused. Despite the fact that I said, I am transgender. I take testosterone. And then her just be so, so how are you pregnant? Do you have a uterus? Do you have this? Do you have that? Are you female? Are you female? Are you female? Do I look female? Anyway. I'm still not any closer to getting the referral that I need for the bronchoscopy to find out about the hole in my lung. But at least my new PCP got me to say that I'm female. So there's the American healthcare system in that
1: What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18?
0: Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong puberty? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? So let's start by setting the record straight. Gender-affirming care is safe and effective. After 9-11, the the laws didn't work. Like, they made massive changes to respond to a new threat. And I think we have to face the fact that many of our structures, laws, and policies may not work. After 9-11, we created the Department of Homeland Security. There was the Patriot Act. There was massive change in our entire society to face the number one threat, or at least what was communicated as the number one threat. I think we need the same kind of tectonic shift. It's got to be much more than than see something, say something. But maybe our laws need to change to respond to the fact that Someone like Mike Flynn, the former national security director, is openly calling for violence consistently.
1: I've been, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The
0: president ha- was never in business with his son. I couldn't be prouder of him. And
5: uh, again, we're very fortunate uh, that he is in that position. He's a kid. But as a kid. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it is his relative. He's, he's younger than I am. So I, uh, he's a kid to me.
2: I, I didn't understand a word of that conversation at the end. Now granted I'm I'm down to one ear. But I I, I didn't I didn't understand a word of that. Let's get to the first question. Jill, guest and ladies first. What was the most disgusting filth you just witnessed? And I really hope that guy finds help for the hole in his lung. Go ahead, Jill. Woman. Woman. Thank you. Or woman. <gasps> yes. Whoa. Yeah. Well
1: Yeah. Just starting your 50th birthday out like that Steve Wow what a guy um, I'm gonna actually go with the the laws need to be changed because anytime that people go out and just say oh yeah well, look at what happened after 9/11 because I feel like that's what's gonna affect us the most when you when you see the all the laws and everything that we need to be doing and Mike Flinch is going out there calling for violence and, oh we have to change everything. I want, I want to actually know more about that clip. I'm going to go look it up and see see the rest of that, see the rest of the conversation. But it always freaks me out. Like, it just goes back to, like, the Barack Obama, you know, you will be made to change all your, all your feelings, all your traditions, everything, or, you know, it's Michelle that said it. But she said, Barack knows that you need to do all this stuff. Any time that happens, it's like you know, warning signal. What are they trying to do next? What's coming down the pipeline? And that is just the scariest thing because we see all this crap that they've already thrown our way. Like, what new laws do you want to place on us next? Like the eighty-seven thousand IRS agents are coming on board now. Like, what's next, guys? What, what do we have to look forward to? Just let us know.
4: Hmm, Todd. Uh, well, Nancy Pelosi's talking about Hunter, right? (laughs) Right? Your guess is as
3: good as mine. No, No? it's Joe.
4: No, but you mean she says he's a kid.
3: No, Joe. She's talking about Joe Biden.
2: Yeah, like I said, I I, I, I wasn't sure what she was talking about. I didn't know. I don't... But I thought it was just me because I've got only one ear.
4: I don't know what to say about this segment anymore. Uh, Like, you... You get... There's, we talk about a cold civil war, I try to convince you of that much these days, but we all get that sooner or later it ain't going to be cold anymore. Unless there's consequences right now for this kind of stuff. I, you can't have that person giving medical advice and so many doctors like them without them getting their medical license away, if not flat out being put in jail and not have more of the crazy person at the very beginning, increasingly running roughshod over anything to the point where the normies are going to have to go second amendment. Like what this, I'm doing the simple math folks.
2: The center is not holding the, the, I think this is a point that just could, needs to be reinforced repeatedly. Because the previous generation had existential culture war issues as well. Stuff like, what's a person? But that, that debate raged for 50 years. It's still raging now. Mm-hmm. It's just we're the side that has the momentum now. But for the longest period of time, you know, just to show you how things have changed, when you and I were younger and, and really first becoming politically aware, Roger Stone was married to a woman named Ann. And every four years, they would show up together at the Republican National Convention and try to get all the pro-life language taken out of the party platform.
3: In between swinger
2: sessions, right? I guess. Nowadays, you don't get elected dog catcher in the Republican Party without pledging allegiance to the pro-life stipulations in the platform. Now, don't get me wrong. This is still the Republican Party, so you're, not, you're often not expected to substantively do anything. Like Jim Jordan's got out with this thread on Facebook uh, censorship. I, I believe Jim Jordan is in the majority party of, co- of the House of Representatives, correct? I believe. And, and does he not chair a weaponization committee within said majority? I believe. That, that would certainly imbue a, a, a certain amount of power, correct? I yes. believe. So what will be done about his threat on Facebook? He's going to rassle you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Jordan sub t- uh, subtweeted me this morning, lots of makeup and going on Fox News. Indeed, that's what will happen. Okay, so don't get me wrong. You're, you're not exa- You're not. You're still not in many cases expected to actually be pro-life. I mean, this, I mean, this is a conservative movement, guys. I mean, come on. Let's keep it. Let's keep it real here. We don't actually expect people to act on stuff, you know. And in fact, when, when people actually are the rare ones that keep acting on stuff over and over again, we're like, hey, uh, why are you doing that? You're making the rest of us look bad. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but but now at least you have to verbally and rhetorically claim to be like you can't be out for baby killing. 30, 40 years ago, you could be. And Roger and Ann Stone were two of the ringleaders of this every four years at the GOP convention. Well, now Roger Stone's the henchman of the president that overturned Roe versus Wade, right? So that, that is an example of how some things have altered or changed in, in the given time that we are in. But, and that was a very existential issue. But here's the thing. You weren't demanded... Like, you, you didn't have to be shown somebody's abortion. And, and back in those days, they weren't shouting their abortions. They weren't. And back in those days, people didn't put up billboards saying, I'm proud of the abortions I've had. They've only started doing this in recent years since we've actually started making the right pro-life arguments. And we don't get them, let them get away with lying anymore. And so now they have to admit, we just want to kill the kids, right? Yes. But for 30, 40 years, we didn't make those arguments. And so they didn't have to admit that. And that's why we didn't make any progress. All right and with the trans issue though you have to acknowledge it like you have no idea if the guy if your neighbor across the street banged the house knocked up the housekeeper out of wedlock and then you know uh put her in the back seat of his of his uh, blazer and drove her to Planned Parenthood to put down the 1500 bucks just to make it all go away you don't know Mm -hmm. you don't know you have no clue unless unless he tells you you don't know but if he shows up mowing his lawn with a nipple ring all right and collagen injections and fake boobs and long purple hair you know right you know you can't help but notice that you're driving down the street i i mean i don't know why his housekeeper's in the in the back seat of the car crying i don't know where he's taking her i don't know that he's taking her down to the 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 baby butcher shop i don't know but when i drive down my street and now he's out there with 48 double f fake breasts mowing the lawn and giving himself black eyes because those fake things are bouncing around so much i can't help it i'm gonna know
4: it's that crotchety picture from the movie major league where he says if you get buck naked and bark at the moon in your own bedroom i i don't know about it i you know what exactly if you do it in my front yard i'm kind of forced to deal exactly
2: yes that's a perfect analogy brother yes and so this level of insanity, there is no live or let live possibility. There is no cognitive dissonance. There is no passive aggressive. There is no, I don't want to deal with that right now. And frankly, I'm not so sure if I made the committed the same sin, I wouldn't do the same thing and want that option available to me. So who am I to judge? Yeah. None, th- none of that is available to you with this. It is all out in the open. It is all cut and dried. It is literally the demonic version of Joshua's challenge, choose ye this day. You are forced, you cannot find a neutral ground. You are forced to say, I genuflect to that or I reject it. Period. And and once you get to that point in a culture where the issues that are existential now, there's always existential issues in a culture because we're sinners. But once you get to the point that the existential issues can't be swept under the rug, can't look the other way, there's bigger fish to fry, we got jobs in the economy. Once all those things are removed and it's now out in the open and you are being told that you cannot live your normal life, you can't be a normie unless you affirm this. That is when we turn. We do this, wet our fingers and we turn to the next page of the history book. And that's usually not a fun page. What I'm trying to do is get us to the point where maybe we don't have to turn that page. That we might actually elect people that will use power to punish our enemies and protect us from them. But we have a very, very limited window to do this. Aaron has a baby. Todd has four daughters. I've got three children. None of us here want to sentence them to a civil war. This is a warning. The idea that this is just going... The fact that this has, 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 dev- has devolved to the point now that you can't, we couldn't lie to ourselves if we wanted to. Hey, you, your kid won't even get a school lunch unless they let creepers into the girls' locker room is what they're telling you now. All right? I mean, it, Meanwhile, Paul Ryan says, I'm not really a culture war Exactly. Warrior. When we get to that point... That there's no cartilage left in the knee. Well, and I'm, the fingers are getting wetted and they're moving towards the page. I'm, I'm trying to stop that hand from turning the page. Aaron, your thoughts?
3: Man, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that, but uh, getting back to, to bleep Lord Nefarious <clears throat> said, um... We're just not serious. Anything serious we do, we have to be forced into it, it seems like. Hmm. I mean, you've got Dick Levine out there saying, What if you were going through the wrong puberty? Got that rando congresswoman saying, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Gender-affirming f- care is safe and effective. I didn't even put uh, Tennessee Congressman uh, uh, Steve Cohen saying yesterday. Did you see this? He said, uh, after hearing the testimony of women who had so-called detransed, women who had had to undress in front of men, like, Le- like uh, Will Thomas, swimming, who had survived sexual assault, after hearing all of that, he said, uh, you know, maybe we could put some barriers up. To address that particular issue. But yeah, the trans people are real and they've existed for a long time. Yes, yeah, some barriers. Maybe like a wall and a separate entrance. We could call it a men's room. <laughs> um, that level of insanity. Yeah. And credit to a few Republican Congress people yesterday, congressmen and women yesterday, who actually said that in no uncertain terms to these people's faces. It's just insane. They've lost. It's, it's our, our friend Rob Eno at blaze uh, blaze tv on the overtime one time it's a, a term we should actually use i think more often it's not insane it's unsane
2: unsane yeah that's good exit question on a scale of one to ten with 10 being the combined cognitive capability score of joe biden and mitch mcconnell and one being the combined odds that south carolina could possibly elect a u.s senator who is able to find a wife Ranked this week's level of total depravity, Jill. 10. Maybe I should have said, want a wife.
3: Aaron. I, I'm out of one. This was so stupid.
2: Todd. 10. We broke Aaron. He's not even mad now. <laughs> and now it's just like, what is this? Alright. Our friends over at Preborn want you to know. That uh, they are in the fight for life to the end. And they have been doing this hand-to-hand combat with mothers in crisis for years. uh, And they confront them first with the truth, an ultrasound, so that they know that that is another body. It is not their body, their choice, but that is somebody else that you're making the choice of murder for them. Uh, And and when they hear that heartbeat, when they see that ultrasound about 80% of the time over the years, those mothers made the choice that my mom made 50 years ago to not go through with it and to have her baby. But they also know the battle doesn't end there. Those moms still need help. They need counseling, pre, postnatal care. They do all of that as well. They're there for the mom and the baby. They love them both, and it's all free of charge, provided that they have funding from people like us. If you want to make a tax deductible donation, did you know you might save a life for just 28 bucks? Because that's all an ultrasound costs. 80% odd, your 28 bucks will save that life. Would you take those odds? I, can, I know a lot of you would. So let's keep the support going for them. Preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve, or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. All right. Issue two What are the core beliefs of the Trump campaign?
3: This week, the Trump campaign embraced the leftist talking points and lies of Kamala Harris and de facto endorsed them after Congressman Byron Donald, a fierce supporter of Donald Trump, regurgitated the lie that Florida's curriculum on black history in the U.S. contained the notion that slavery was a good thing. That, of course, is a lie. In addition, the Trump campaign sent out an emailer to their supporters this week accusing Ron DeSantis of collusion with the Biden DOJ in order to persecute Trump. But before that even happened, these revelations came out that Top surrogates and advisors on the Trump 2020 campaign team stated that they believed in private the election was won by Biden, despite publicly saying otherwise.
0: The bottom line was, we told him there is a 5 to 10% chance of all of this happening. You can't go two for three. You can't go one for three. You need to win recounts in two states and win a legal challenge in Wisconsin. That has to happen, three for three. And we think realistically there's a five, maybe maybe 10% chance of that happening. I was in the Oval Office.
4: Um, and at some point in the conversation, Matt Oskowski, who is the lead data person was brought on. And I remember he delivered to the president pretty blunt terms uh, that he was going to lose.
0: And that was based Uh, Mr. Miller, on Matt and the data team's assessment of the sort of county-by-county, state-by-state results as reported?
4: Correct.
3: You know, after the election, as of November 7th, in your judgment, what were the chances of President Trump winning the election?
2: After
0: that point? Yes.
3: None. None. Is it accurate to say that at some point, you urged President Trump to stop challenging the results of the 2020 presidential election?
1: Um, it's accurate to say that I believed past a certain point. Um, once the appropriate legal challenges were pursued. Um, that it was in everyone's best interest to. Um, focus on the accomplishments of the administration and preserve the president's legacy um, rather than, um, you know, continue down a path which I believed was was pointless.
2: So this week, Donald Trump For I have no idea what reasons out of nowhere decides to attack Ron DeSantis with a collusion hoax the very Ron DeSantis that he endorsed for governor because he defended him Uh, as a founding member of the House Freedom Caucus he defended him against the Russian collusion hoax he attacks him with his own hoax video emerged of Trump campaign and I don't know what Jason Miller's title is over there that that flowchart is indecipherable all right he's just in there somewhere okay and there you saw him sitting there with an N95 mask while you're while 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 people like me are getting demonetized and censored for calling out the steal and they're raising money to release the crack. And he's testifying that they knew all along uh, that they lost and uh, it wasn't going to make any difference. So that's cool. Not that I'm not still angry about that. Uh, you have Trump surrogate Byron Donald's siding with Kamala Harris uh, and, and race baiting the Florida Department of Education. This all just happened this week. So I'm, I'm just asking. What are the core beliefs of this campaign? How would you answer that, Todd?
4: The same now as they always were. He's just the weather. They're Donald Trump. And all of this, they absolutely tried to steal uh, uh, that election. There is a two-tiered system of justice. We the, All of that is absolutely true. But here, here we are, and it's why I've been so persistent about uh, Ron DeSantis, DeSantis as an obvious alternative it, it in all ways he is just the weather that weather blew in and the winds were at our back in more than we even thought they were uh when he unexpectedly won uh but now they're heck they're blowing back against everybody they're blowing back in in, in his face we can two things can be true at, at, at the same time that donald trump is absolutely uh, a victim of things and that's we are a victim of things because they're going to try all of this again But that, that's, it doesn't change the fact that all of his little machinations that he's tried, no matter how illegal or unillegal or a different standard illegal that they were, like, we've all been waiting for some kind of Kraken. Like, what papers have you been saving to show everybody that the system is so crazy that it resets everything? There's no Kraken because Donald Trump is, uh, first and foremost, he will always serve himself above you and if you happen to benefit by that groovy but right now
2: we ain't there's an important point about this documents case that i think needs to be made and we don't have time for me to make it right now so if you guys don't mind and you're probably going to breathe a sigh of relief I am going to Ixnay Issue 3 on the UFO hearing. Although I'll bet you had a pretty bang-up intro on that, Aaron, I would imagine.
3: Not really. (laughs) Not really.
2: All you need to know is that the Republican Congress is holding hearings about the alien invasion, not the illegal alien invasion. That's all you need to know. Steve, issue we're three. Supposed we to get... did issue three. It's done. Finished. Steve, okay? we're supposed to give you presents on your birthday. You're giving us presents. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's kind of like when you were in school and you brought in the cupcakes for your birthday. Yes. Jill, you're, uh, same question to you. What, what are the, What's the core beliefs of the Trump campaign?
1: It's Trump first. Like Todd said, now and forevermore. It always will be Trump first. They are going through and they have a narrative to play. And because it benefits people being more loyal to Donald Trump. That's what January 6th was. Now that we know that they they had nothing actually going on behind the scenes, all it was was the narrative to push forward to say we are the victims here. Come with us. But my, my thing now is, does Trump actually want to win in 2024 or is this just the way to pay his bills? And again, like you said, Steve, a couple times on the show, if that is what it is, if he's just trying to go out there and get the money, by all means. I
2: think there. I, I, I've not entertained these kinds of questions before, but after I saw that video of Jason Miller, I'm, we're going to start entertaining the hell out of him now. All right because if, if we're going to say you got you you boomer grandmas keep going out there and donating 20 but your last 20 bucks to stop the steal that you're not putting your, your grandkids birthday cards while jason miller's sitting there in a damn n95 mask on zoom saying yeah we told him all that he lost and he knew he lost and we knew he lost so what are we doing here yeah i, I'm, I might start entertaining some of those questions that i really wasn't willing to entertain before so go ahead jill
1: I look at it, and I want to know from you guys, Trump had that event in Iowa, that big rally that he was supposed to have that got canceled because of a tornado watch. Has he been back for any other large rallies in the state of Iowa?
0: He's Since done then.
2: events, but not he, large rallies. He's done very modest events in Iowa. Yeah,
1: that's my point. He does town halls with Sean Hannity. He doesn't have to prep for them. That's easy. Him and Sean, it's mutually beneficial for them. Sean gets the ratings because nobody cares about Fox News anymore. But Trump goes on there and he says, OK, my buddy isn't going to ask me difficult questions. He avoided the family leadership summit. He's a, he's right now, as of now, he's not going to plan on, on being part of the first debate. He's not doing anything of real substance to try and win the nomination. He's doing things that are easy, and he is raising money. That's why I ask, does he actually want to win?
2: Aaron, I don't have time to be fair to you with what we have left. If you're okay, I'm going to let you lead off when we come back because I want, I want to continue this because I, I'm, here's what we're going to do. Aaron, I'm going to let you respond to the initial question. And then I, I want to make a point about this documents case. We were discussing it before the show, and I think the audience needs to hear what we were discussing. Because I think it's a, it's a very important point. At least I think it is. Maybe you'll disagree. But alienating you is my birthday gift to you uh, here. And me. So we'll continue doing it in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. We are building that parallel economy we need, but it's not fully there yet. Thankfully, one place where it is is with a device we all need to use this time uh, or in this day and age in which we live. That's our mobile phones. And you can now make the switch to Patriot Mobile. They are America's last remaining American mobile phone company. You can make uh, They can hook you up with any of the major network carriers for free anytime you need to switch because uh, you move to a place or you're in a place where the signal isn't what you want it to be. You can get the best signal, the best network you want. They've got an outstanding U.S.-based customer service team. They'll make the switch for you as seamless as possible. Keep your phone, get a new one, keep your number, get a new one. They'll accommodate you. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know, and they'll have extra ways to say thank you for your service if you are. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation today with the offer code Steve. A free activation with the offer code Steve if you call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878 878- Patriot, or maybe the easiest thing, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. All right. I want to continue on with issue two. Aaron, you didn't get a chance to answer the first question that led off the conversation. So I'm going to give the time now to you.
3: I'll be brief because I want to hear what you have to say about this documents case. I I would just say the core values of of the Trump campaign is basically Calvin Ball or just kind of making up rules as we go along. There's no real end goal here. That I'm just basing this on what I see, okay? There's no real end goal here. We're kind of uh, scoring points in in bursts and bunches here and what, uh, you know, counts as a point. There's no rhyme or reason. And Todd, I would just... I'm saying a different version of what Todd said. There's just... There's... You just can't predict. It. It's just the weather. It is what it is at this point. And... We've had these conversations ad nauseum starting in 2016. I remember, you know, I I remember uh, along the lines of what uh, Jill was saying. I remember having conversations in 2016. Does this guy want to win? I remember having those same conversations in 2020. Does this guy want to win? And if you're questioning, if you're ever questioning that about any candidate, you're teetering on the verge of, do I care more about winning than he does? That's how I
2: felt in 2020. Exhausting, Yeah.
3: Demoralizing. And that's kind of on the edge of where I am right now.
2: And that's how guys like John McCain and Mitt Romney made you think. Made you, think. you You felt like you wanted them to win more than they did. And that's why I've been saying all this time, the cake hasn't changed. It's just the frosting is zanier. So this documents case, we were discussing this before the show. And this won't be a popular point, but I think it's one that needs to be made. And that's why I get paid... Well, the better than I used to get paid bucks. <laughs> okay. Um, it would be one thing if Donald Trump took this document uh, that he did not declassify, which he could have, he didn't, that he took an un, a, a not declassified document showing the strategic capabilities of Iran. And he took it with him. And upon leaving the White House... Went full Assange, full. Um, uh, uh, who's the guy on the. Uh, Snowden. Snowden, thank you. He went full Snowden, full Assange, put it out there, handed it to somebody like Jack, did an interview with somebody like Jack Pasobic yeah. or Julie Kelly, okay? Put it out there on One America News or Bannon's War Room, all right? And said, I had to stop these MFers from invading Iran every single day. These deep state warmongers wanted to invade. They wanted to start World War III with Iran every single day, just like they're trying to start World War III with Ukraine every single day. Right now. Right now. And I had to deal with, deal with this my entire presidency. Here's an example. And yeah, I didn't declassify it, and I probably should have before I left, but you know what? So freaking what? The American people deserve to know that what, what I saw when I was on the inside. Right? That's not what happened. What happened is he kept it for himself and when it benefited him he showed a select few people the document to just score some personal points to 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 settle a petty grief Uh, do you think you think do you think mark milley gives a rip that donald trump is sitting in in his uh, new jersey posh resort or mar-a-lago showing reporters and sycophants and, 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 and stargazers that, that some, the equivalent of a, of a presidential bar bet. Here, I won the bar bet. I was right. This is, the, this is what Millie was wanting to do the whole. Do you think Mark Milley cares about that? No. No. In fact, he's laughing at us right now because Trump didn't do what we just talked about, did it this way instead, and now is going to be prosecuted. <laughs> he didn't do this. He didn't drain the swamp. He didn't whistleblow. He didn't expose this. He's out there saying, I'm going to expose the JFK assassination. You were president for uh, four yeah. years. Why do you do it then? What, he, Epstein was murdered on his watch. Why wasn't Epstein's black book revealed then? I mean, it is one thing to take that document and then the day after they steal the... I still, I absolutely believe they stole that election. And I, nothing will change my mind. And the day after they drive you out of office, you show up on Bannon's war room, man. We're going to settle some scores, starting with this bad boy and come at me. But that's not what happened. In fact, almost not. A, there, there's barely a single Trump voter that knew he had this map until he got prosecuted for showing it to people, one of whom is his campaign manager, who could certainly be interpreted as a Chinese lobbyist, Susie Wiles. This is the most Trump thing ever. I took a dumb risk for my own ego, so my own ego could be satisfied in my twilight years when John Daly comes in to play golf. I make him stamp out his cancer stick and walk in, and I show him, hey, man, I got the jump on that Mark Milley guy. Here's the document. That's what he did it for. Because he's been out of office for three years, he could have shared this document with the rest of us for three years. I mean, what perfect timing. They're trying to start World War III with Russia and Ukraine. He could have been out there all along saying, I'm not surprised because I had to fight these MFers every day. They wanted to do World War III every day. Here's the proof. We get asked to take risks for him. Much more than we ask him to take risks for us. That is an inverted relationship. I'm not saying he didn't take any risks for us. He has. But we are asked way more often to take risks for him. This indictment that came down yesterday, uh, you all should go read it. Because it, it's almost as if they put out the first one so that, that right-wing media would basically blow its load because the first one is so anemically weak. This next one is not. Now, I don't, I don't think it's true, but they are asserting things that are either true or not. If you read it yourself, you will see. Donald Trump either ordered people to obstruct justice or he didn't. Now, probably a lot of people in my line of work aren't telling you that today because they think it's not good to remain in this line of work to tell you. I'm going to treat you like an adult better yet i'm going to set a good example for my kids and tell the truth even when it's not popular now if donald trump did not order people to obstruct justice every one of those doj sons of bitches should be disbarred forever and put in gitmo yes, themselves of course but if he did uh oh and we're going to find out because there's no middle ground this isn't this isn't a is there a p tape Like they name names of people in the indictment that Trump ordered to destroy evidence. Those people will be called to testify. These things are true or they aren't. There's no middle ground. And so we're sitting here now as this all mounts. We haven't even gotten to the January 6th thing. Where they've got text messages of Don Jr. texting chief of staff Mark Meadows saying, Dad's not doing enough to stop this. They're just gonna play that one time before the gulag called a DC jury and they're gonna be like, guilty, guilty. Be like the scene in Star in Superman the Motion picture where the, where they sit around Zod and just say to Jarrell, guilty, guilty, guilty. That's what it's gonna look like. And we're being told here just to let this whole thing play out, put all our hopes and trusts in that. Don't 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 worry, you won't do a plea bargain. Don't worry, there's nothing more. Man, you're asking us to take a hell of a risk with our kids and grandkids. Let me tell you, if he had come out of the White House with that Millie document showing all of us what they wanted to do, I would be going to the mattresses right now. And I would have been going to the mattresses this entire time. But he didn't do that, did he? No. No. He kept it private so he could settle petty grievances and beefs. Because it was about him. It wasn't, not about a movement he was leading. It was about him. We need it to be about us. And someone needs to say it. And it needs to be someone who isn't, you know, some rhino who hates us, who, who's conspiring with the system to end us. Somebody who's actually one of us with a platform of significance needs to have the balls to say it. So you know what, happy birthday to me. I volunteer, I will do what Trump should have done with that map where he should have come forward day one and said, look what these MFers wanted to do the whole time I was president and I wouldn't give them their damn war. And that's why they stole the election from me. That's what he should have done. But that's not what he did, did he? No, no he kept it to himself for, for getting his jollies, petty grievances, reach arounds. And now he may pay the ultimate penalty for that. And frankly, if we put all our trust in him between now and November of 2024, so might our kids and grandkids in a winner go home election. That is a big frickin' risk. And someone needed to say it. So I didn't bring you cupcakes on my birthday, class. I just brought you the truth. Better than aliens. Exit question. I'll meet, that's a low bar. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but at 50, I'm going to take all the compliments I can get. All right. Do you believe if Trump were offered a plea bargain that would keep him away from incarceration in exchange for dropping out of the race, that he would take it? Aaron. 1000%. Yes. Jill. Absolutely. Todd. Of course. So let's get to our kicker question, issue four. If you could force Congress to hold real hearings on something, what would it be and why Jill
1: uh covid you wrote the book where you could just throw throw the book sign up right now um uh, because because of the truth we have to get to the truth on that issue and once people would see that they did they went through all these extraordinary measures to lie to you they will say oh my gosh if they lied to us about this what else have they lied to us about that is the ultimate you know just uh the the thing that will lead to everything else, like the, the red pill, if you believe what they did to you in COVID, they will do anything to you. And now you see, you know, like LeBron James' son is going out there having a heart attack at 18 years old. How How is that going to affect everybody else moving forward with just the people just looking at it as a bigger picture issue? Hmm.
2: Well, you're speaking my love, love language, sister. So happy birthday to me. Yes. And and technically and, and frankly and literally, I did. Write the book on it. Well, along Daniel wrote the book on that part of it. <laughs> That's his wheelhouse. All
3: right, Aaron, go ahead. What would you do? I would. I would have a specific. I, COVID would be one thing. Just because I want to be disabused of this um, UFO, whatever the heck we're talking about here okay just get it all out once Let's and for all
2: get it all out okay. once and for all so we can what all do we move have? on. Yeah. and if
3: it's nothing if they don't show actual proof then we can all move on
2: bodies or nothing yep. bodies or we're done here bodies or we're done here i think that's can we all agree on that yeah well, bodies yeah. or we're done as long as it's that short if you don't we, we got five okay. minutes i want bo- body bags hauled in here or we're out of here okay yes. i got a golf game that's exactly that's right uh, body bags or i got a guy on the other line that wants some white walls Yes. that's it body bags or that's it i gotta got got close this sale aaron i'm sorry you're talking Well, go Jill ahead.
4: has the right answer. We can, and But next on my list would have been what happened yesterday. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch the testimony in the house on the transgender nonsense. Chloe Cole and others just... <laughs> amazing but how, how did we get to this point how is it even possible it's because of what jill said Of if the, uh, with covid and the jab and if they've been lying about this what else have they been lying to us they've they've been lying for a very very long time about their so-called expert status and about how that little baby that you just gave birth to that many christians are designed uh, by god himself yet is such a ticking time bomb that needle after needle after needle needs to plunge into them for them to be okay that we've been priming the pump through big pharma and government expert intervention for us so so long that we give our very children over as science experiments from the very beginning and now they're chopping them all up so yeah i want that all on
2: the table hmm. those are all very good those are all very good all right let's get to predictions aaron i'll let you go first
3: so by the time we are uh, having another dace group next Friday, there will. I know have been what's coming. Yes, a football game. That's why I had played. you go first. Yeah. Yes, because I, I knew
2: I knew preseason football Aaron prediction was oh, coming. Yes, uh,
3: hit the am- unders, hammer the unders. Um, I believe in the Hall of Fame game, the Cleveland Browns will defeat the New York Jets seventeen to six. I believe that is a reunion of the very first Monday Night Football game. I believe the first Monday Night Football
2: game ever was Joe Namath and the Jets playing the original Cleveland Browns. So there you go. A little trivia for you that you don't care about and frankly didn't need. You know what you did need? You needed a president who had documented evidence that they tried to start our third world war with Iran his entire four years. You needed him to not take it home and just show it off to his sycophants but hand it to like Bannon Posobiec and show us all that's what you needed. Todd... I have two. Politically,
4: the minute Trump takes that deal, it'll be within two weeks that Biden says he's not running. And it'll be that obvious, if not 24 hours. or four, They're so tied to each other in terms of the deep state and how they're both controlled on the same level. That'll happen. The other side is football related. For every positive take, you know, I'm going to bring a negative one. Uh, I think the Pac-12 is in such a de- desperate straits. Their best play. They should sue UCLA and USC for breach. Uh, and tried to simply stay this, this this stuff and i'd respect it if they did because i mean this is all it's it's all so stupid and unethical but the clapping seals it's august is almost here we need our fix
2: i gotta tell you i need a fix i do badly chill
1: uh, it's it's football season. Don't rain on my parade. Uh, I will I will actually be telling people that I used to work in the Pac-12 in a decade from now. Kids will be like, what? Yeah. What was that? That's right,
2: folks. Oh. Jill used to work at the Pac-12 network. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. We're running short. Go. Sorry.
1: Uh, Jason Aldean is showing that cancel culture is about to come to an end. They keep trying to cancel everybody, and it keeps going back in their face.
2: Okay. My prediction is Trump will not get the boom from the forthcoming January 6th indictment that he has from the others. Because there aren't too many Steve Daces who think that January 6th is a false flag and aren't full-throated Trump supporters already. Most of the people that that aren't Trump supporters now are embarrassed by that and think it's white trashy and want to move on. That's why there's no groundswell on the right to help these people. It never has been. It's been hard to get it going. So I I think we've reached the point of diminishing returns with Trump indictments now. They won't be beneficial moving forward after this. All right, Jill, good to see you as always. Thank you.
1: You too. Happy Uh, birthday. Thank
2: you. We'll come back with Hour 2 Feedback Friday and a special guest. back here with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast my name is steve dace he is aaron mcintyre he is totters and you are you let us know what you think about what we think and i've gotten a ton of happy birthday wishes already from uh, you in the audience and thank you to each and every one of you for each and every one of those you can email us uh, about that or anything else that you would like steve at stevedace.com d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. There on Truth Social. You can also, if you like the show. If you're a podcast listener, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to uh, the many of you that have done that for us already. Hit subscribe or in the case of iTunes, follow. And thank you to the many of you that have done those things for us as well. We appreciate each and every one of you. Also appreciate when we have partners on the show that, that coincide with the mission of the show. And that's the case with our friends over at Jace Medical. They came on board last year. Uh, because they wanted to make sure that there would not be in the future venerable medications, things that had won Nobel Prizes, had saved millions of lives, who now, when they might be needed the most, were suddenly ruled to be dangerous and ineffective. In fact, you couldn't even purchase them anymore. They wanted to make sure that that would not happen in the future, so they came up with the Jace case of venerable antibiotics just in case of another emergency, right? Well, now they want to make sure that you back up your existing medications, because who knows, you might be using one of them right now. That might be on the don't sell list. We're trying to kill these people the next time we have one of the so-called emergencies. This goes for diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health, and more. Get that 12-month backup to give yourself peace of mind right now for you and your family. When you go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com, enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount. jacemedical.com, enter the code DACE at checkout for discount a discount alright you guys ready for some feedback Friday Always. alright and then we will have at the final segment a very special guest on the show here today uh, but let's begin with JF I wanted to reach out as I feel you guys may want to hear this I'm a fellow Iowan and one of my sons is a high functioning autistic who's now an adult he has an extremely logical mind with an elevated IQ and but he's likely going to live at home forever Einstein syndrome is what it's called He has rebuked the idea of a creator since he was old enough to articulate that view. Some point around that time, they were having complex conversations about string theory and he was just six years old. No matter how I tried to bring him around, he could not be budged on his beliefs. I'd been kicking in my own teeth for some time now, knowing that I am responsible for failing to find the right way to get his mind open to the idea that science does not negate the truth of our existence. As his father, that's on me. I've begged for help from the father, and it seemed like none would come. He is, my son is a constitutionalist like me, but he does not see or understand where our rights are derived. The other night, I found us both home from work, and so we agreed it was a good night for a movie. I had wanted to see Nefarious in the theater, but my 70-hour-per-week work schedule just got in the way, and I never got around to it. So we rented it on Amazon. I thought, oh boy, the entire movie He sat through it. He wasn't talking. He didn't get up, didn't really move at all. And I'm thinking he is seeing this as torture. When it was over, he looked at me sitting next to him on the couch. He put his hand in my shoulder and said, damn, that was really good. And so on point to what we are seeing all around us. Later, we went for a drive and he began asking his first questions, the kinds of questions one asks when first becoming open to talking about God. The father used your storytelling ability to crack the door open in my son's mind that night. Nothing else had any effect before this. Nothing. I'm not a sappy person, but I have quietly cried several times at the gift that came into our home that night. Truly, thank you for following prompts and being a tool for his hands. Thank you and God bless. From JF. So... this movie man <laughs> i mean it has been an adventure it's been an ordeal we're about 80 percent to profitability right now enough so that we are having some very good conversations about what might come next you may hear about those things to, we're hoping sooner rather than later in fact Including, a, including one potential possibility that if it were to happen would blow your minds. So be praying for that. I mean, you want to talk about worlds colliding, it would blow your minds. On the other hand, this has been, this has been the biggest fist fight I've been in in my life. It's been a fight the whole way. It was a fight to get it to, to pre-production. It was a fight to get it through production. Had to fight the government. Had to fight the unions. Had to fight the Bind administration. Had to fight COVID. Had to fight the hospitals. I mean, everything's been a fight. And it is not often you sell your book into a movie that becomes a major theatrical release and you don't get rich off it. And I'm not going to. It put me in the hospital. Nearly took my life. It's nearly taken the lives of almost every member of our producer team. Or threatened them at least. This thing has been... (laughs) incredible. And yet, about ten minutes ago on our on our creative team private text thread Carrie, Chuck, Chris and all the guys were wishing me happy birthday and they're the ones they're the ones who truly took my vision and made it happen they, they manifested it they elevated it they they create they they made it they're the artistes I often just had to be the enforcer that allowed them to do their work and My goodness, did they do a work. And I sent back a text to them saying, you guys gave me the best birthday gift of them all. A chance to be a part of of making a truly prophetically impactful work. Something that will long outlive me. And a lot of times you don't get a chance to do that in the kingdom. And we were all called to be a part of that. And the the suffering we've all endured is testimony to that calling, I believe, that it wasn't easy, that it wasn't simple, that it was hard. You think of Sound of Freedom and its success. And yeah, it's having a lot more financial success than we have. That movie also sat on the shelf for five years. Why? Because of its prophetic impact. It was hard. The fact that it sat sat on that shelf for five years testifies to its prophetic impact. And so I I don't begrudge them at all. Every time I get a press release from Angel Studios, my heart leaps. We're adding theaters. We just crossed 100 million. Sure. Do we wish that would have been us? Sure. But not in a way that makes us root against other people. Because in each case, we can clearly see the hand of God. For whatever reason, the hand of God moved commercially strongly for this film. And it's made tremendous kingdom impact. And for whatever reason, the hand of God has moved very strongly in the, in the lives of the people that have watched our film. And I, I kind of wonder if the reason why is what's the, the people that sound of freedom is really about. Can't see the movie. You know, you see what I'm saying? The kids, you know, the, the, what, what is the money line of sound of freedom? God's children are not for sale. And, and, The people that most need to hear that message are the ones that are shut off from it. The children that have been put up for sale. And so what is one way for that message to get to them, to free them, to give it tremendous commercial success beyond whatever insulated world that they have been hijacked into would allow? You see what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to say? In our case, everyone who could see our movie... Maybe you can't put yourself in the situation of one of those kids. You can't put yourself in the situation of the guy who sleeps with the 14-year-old prostitute and realizes what he's done. Maybe you can't put yourself in that situation. But all of us have been James in this movie. All of us have been. All of us have been sinners. All of us have believed we know better than God. We're smarter than God. All of us have fallen for the lie. And so that's a more intimate experience. It's more personal. And the volume of reactions that we have had in the stories like this are eternal currency that never rusts or fades where moths destroy. And it has it has made the fact that I have one ear right now, that I was in a hospital getting golf ball size cyst carved out of my friggin' armpit it's made all of that worth it so do not thank me or even our creative team we actually thank you because there were plenty of times folks we felt like quitting and there were plenty of times that we felt like that was maybe the right thing to do but we pressed on we persevered we finished the race not knowing what would happen And the greatest reward we have received are stories like this. Because that is the confirmation that we did the right thing. We did what we were called to do. Come what may, let the chips fall where they shall. The Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is confirmation that the Lord was in this. And that's ultimately why we did what we did and endured what we did and continue to. So thank you. Maria writes, as a Christian and a conservative, I have struggled to figure out what is the right amount of time, space and focus for pastors to speak on the issues of the day, like um, what's happening with gender um, CRT, censorship, et cetera. I think there's a spectrum between churches that only focus on current issues and may actually neglect the preaching of the word of God and other churches that seemingly avoid current issues and only talk about what is directly in the Bible and then to some degree miss the actual application. I think a pastor's main mission is to preach the gospel and lead people to a deeper relationship through G- with Jesus through the word. However, I think there is a danger in pastors not discussing broader issues and failing to connect our faith to a current moment in the culture that God has placed us. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that looks like for a church to do both of those things in the right balance. For example, is the Sunday morning pulpit the right time to discuss cultural political issues or is a Sunday school class a better time? Excellent question, Maria. And I think you've largely answered it. Number one, it is very clear that through the preponderance of the evidence that the prime directive of the scriptures is for individuals to be reconciled to their creator, to their father in heaven, through Christ, and then after that reconciliation to be transformed into becoming more Christ-like, to then model that reconciliation to the world around them. That is the prime directive. The overwhelming abundance of evidence of scripture testifies to that fact. So that should be the priority, but it is not the sole directive. God interacts with governments many times. God sends prophets to confront governments many times. God's apostles were persecuted by Jesus' apostles. So same thing, were persecuted by governments Many times. Why? So even if they were not specifically in an era where God is now primarily working through a nation like he did Old Testament Israel. And so because he's primarily working through a nation, that's going to create very unique geopolitical confrontations with other governments. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So in the New Testament now, you have a transcendent institution that is not defined by borders. As Jesus says when he turns over the money changers, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations now. Right? There's neither Jew nor Greek. Gentile. Gentile. Okay? Um, uh, That's what that means. Neither slave nor free. There is just now the bride of Christ, the kingdom of God. Unity within our diversity. Different cultures, customs, languages united in the church of Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, even though that was a transcendent institution called the church, it was still persecuted by governments. Why? Because the message it preached still. Conflicted with what those governments wanted people to hear, right? Mm-hmm. So that the prime directive is this is to reach the lost, to reconcile, to, to, to save that which was lost. Reconcile them first and foremost to their creator, and then transfo- and, and then and then equip the transformation or sanctification or discipleship of them into being more Christ-like, to reflect Christ to the world around them, so then others will now want to come and experience a similar transformation. However, why does the Bible say things like, if the righteous rule the people rejoice, but sin is a reproach to any people? Why does it say stuff like that? If, if the collective conditions of a culture are irrelevant. Or are we now going to say certain aspects of the Bible, we, we, they just don't take, we, we've made the decision, we've grown and, and canceled them out. Well, we're heretics now. So the answer is, if I was a pastor, I would never, ever, listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. I would never, ever specifically set out to address a political issue Unless there was a, a, a moment in time, like the overturning of Roe, that it was clearly a transcendent event. Because if I'm preaching the full counsel of God, both premise, context, and application. That's the key term, and Maria, you addressed it. If I'm doing those three things, I am going to address what is going on in this world around us every single Sunday. Because eventually, I have to address, if I'm doing my job as a pastor, I have to equip you to be prepared for what conflicts will come into your being the rest of this week. If you're going to truly be doers of the word and not just hearers only. If you're going to go out there and do it, then you're going to be in conflict with the things that are in your email. Maria, DEI, CRT, censorship, transgenderism, abortion, feminism—you're going to be in conflict with those things, right? And and here's the thing—they're going to recognize you're in conflict. They're going to bring the fight to you. You won't even have to pick it with them; the fight will come to you. You see this in the Gospels: the demons come to Christ—they can't avoid it, like a moth to a flame, like a fly on stink. So if I'm doing my job as a pastor, I have to apply when I am teaching you into a contemporary context. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job because I haven't equipped the saints. You're not discipled. You're n- unprepared. I put a soldier through boot camp, but then gave them no battle plan. So they did basic training, but they don't actually know what the plan is of how we're going to go out there and vanquish the enemy we're facing right now. Sure, you're in better shape than you were before. Sure, you're a soldier. Sure, you're enlisted. You're in the fight. But I've not prepared you for this fight. That's why it's called basic training. It's basic. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, premise, context. Because if we get into context, then we're going to have to talk about, well, when the people of the Bible lived these things out, what happened? When people throughout church history heard what was in the Bible and lived it out, what happened? What happened? Which would then lead, because all that context is going to be conflict. That's what, that's what happened. The conflict we have within ourselves that we are sinners and don't want to yield. The conflict that other sinners will bring to us because they don't want to yield either. And then there will be the application of, well, then how do we handle this in this day and age? Well, you know, the, in, in the early years of the first millennia of the church, they were there at the advent of Islam. And here's how they confronted it. Now, Islam is a much more fully developed systemic religious threat to Christianity than it was in the eighth century. So now we have to look at things like Wahhabism and the things that are institutionalized. Now, there's your application. Are you getting that? No? Then you're not really being taught. You're not being discipled. You're being preached at, but you're not being equipped. That pastor's not doing their job. They might be working hard, but they're not working smart, they're not fulfilling their calling. They're not discipling you. You guys have any thoughts on that one before we move on?
4: I I think the saddest truth of all of this is that you coming uh, to us with a, a thought bubble like this, it's, it's awkward and confusing to you because, quite frankly, it's something that so obviously should be happening— on a regular basis that the biggest confusion is like what it it must be harder than it is no no sadly no it 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 is this church thing hospital for sinners again within the catholic faith right out of the gate we have the act of contrition we have the penitential rite. you come in you have the procession there's a nice song but then hey you guys are sinners That's the tone right away, and then you go to the Gloria, which is the great song of heaven, which reconciles us with heaven, and then you go into the liturgy of the word, which as Steve says, it gets, you go back and back and back, old people, dusty old people, dead old white men or whatever, but then that homily comes in, no, they're them, you're you, you're them, it's all, we're all us, and it brings us all together, but all of it is about talking about you, this hospital, how are you sick today? How do you need the grace to heal you today? It, within Steve and Aaron's church, they have their own way of doing that. But this is not—I said it in a political context. It's not—it's not a Rubik's cube. You know, it's not—it's—it's it, like—it's t- really just tic-tac-toe. We 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 continue to make it seem like it's something a needle that that's a better to be threaded, analogy than you think And that's not what jesus jesus told simple parables for a reason all right i, I we've got we've,
2: that's a better analogy than you think because i just said premise yeah. context and application what does tic-tac-toe what is the goal to connect three the uh, likenesses together yeah. that's how you win right that's the goal mm-hmm. and that's exactly that so all you did a great illustration of my point three likenesses to connect them together and that's how you win that's that's mm-hmm. that's how a pastor wins is when he connects those three likenesses yeah. together
4: and so the real issue is not that it's hard is that people just don't want to do it
2: for various reasons the money might stop
4: the tithing may go down, whatever. I may be less popular. Yeah. Somebody's going to yell at me. Same like, reason why a lot of our colleagues yes. won't do the conversation exactly. I just did last yes. hour. Same reasons. But yeah. it doesn't It doesn't take St. Augustine to do what Steve is talking about. It takes the still, small voice to just say, here I am, Lord. Send me. This is my calling. This is my purpose. And it's supposed to be hard. That's a great, I told you before, the greatest blessing the Lord ever gave us in terms of words outside of what he accomplished for us? He just told us. They did this to me. What do you think they're going to do to you? People are, oh, that's hard. That's rough, Lord. That's a gift. That's a gift to know that we are victorious. Despite of that, it's a gift.
2: Take it. Run with it. Aaron, you have any thoughts?
3: Yeah. Specifically, as as it comes to the the pastor part of this uh, conversation, I've always said pastors have one of the hardest jobs in the world indeed you get up there and you preach and you know that person's sin and that person's sin and that person's sin and they've all got shiny and your own and they've all got shiny happy people faces on there that's under the assumption though that the pastor is actually doing his job the weird part of being a pastor i would imagine is that the better you do your job the harder it becomes (laughs) and the more (laughs) and the more difficult it becomes having said that though that does not, uh, that does not um, absolve you, if you are a pastor, from just actually confronting people and discipling people. It is a hard job and it becomes harder the better you do at it, but you must do it. Do it, you must. And there are far too many places where, for whatever reason, whether you started out just wanting to go along to get along or whether you became so overwhelmed with the sin of your flock that you decided this is too hard. There are too many pastors out there like that. And I think, I think we hear, hear that in our feedback all too often, that their pastors are just not doing their job. And that's, if you want to know why we are where we are, There is a vocational aspect to this. And yes, it becomes harder as you get better at it. But if you want to know where we are or how we got here, it's because of this type of conversation.
4: Hmm. I'm just at the point. I'm past the point of caring, of feeling sorry for anybody for not doing a job that they wanted, they said they wanted to do. I hear you. You said you wanted this. Yep. Do it.
2: Tim David has, I think, a fascinating proposal, Todd. He says, since it is painfully obvious that there are still delusionary people who believe there's no inherent advantage that men have over women in competitions involving speed and strength, I would like to propose the following. We'll call it Let's Find Out. A true Olympic-style decathlon. Take the top 10-ranked males and the top 10-ranked females and have them all go head-to-head. No handicaps, no advantages, just physical skill, strength, speed, and endurance. No BS like you had with the battle of the sexes between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs, who was, what, 120? Okay, and, that, and for the record, Riggs was not just handicapped by being much older, but Billie Jean King got to hit into the doubles area as well on Riggs' side of the court while he had to maintain the rules of single tennis play. None of that here. Just straight up, head-to-head, and let's find out. Thoughts?
4: Well, whether intentionally or not, there is a bit of a version of this going on in track and field. In the last Olympics, they, they had co-ed. Uh, 100 meter relays and it didn't have to necessarily be a predetermined like everybody's going boy girl boy girl or anything like that you could do it however you wanted to so these are world class athletes of both genders but they're racing together and when it happens to be that within the same leg a female is running against a male you just see the fastest women in the world get passed by men like they're standing still which I think it was accidental, because I think, oh, this would be kind of cool to bring them together. But I think it would have been a really smart play if it was intentional. Just, like, we need to find a way mm-hmm. to let the people see how ridiculous this is at the highest level. Um, I hope it doesn't come to what you're talking about. There's signs, you know, that, that what happened in Congress yesterday... That this is just becoming so self-evidently evil but i i don't we my my point is when the evil gets way past obviously i've immersed my family in this what my daughters have done the sacrifices they've made but like tra- just the track and field issue is this has jumped so far beyond it to the butchering of children thing like uh we, we need we need more of a plan than a simple track gimmick. I mean, I appreciate your intention, but man, the darkness is dark.
3: Yeah, um, there's basically nothing illustrative you could do, I don't think, to defeat this, because this is a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. The shattered skulls of Fallon Fox's victims would beg to disagree with with your proposal. Fallon Fox is that MMA, that dude MMA fighter who feels pretty and has smashed the skulls of his victims in female MMA, which women should not be competing in MMA, but that's another story. This is fundamentally evil, what we're up against. I don't think that there's much, if anything, those who are fully invested in the concept of transgenderism could see with their own eyes that would cause them to change course. Are you trafficked into MMA? Am I traffic? No, no, I mean, no, 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 no. no,
2: no. If you're if you're an MMA fighter, you're like human traffic. Do you have no alternative? No. no. you know, the slave like the gladiators were? No. Okay. So then why is a woman getting into a ring with a man to let him beat on her? And yeah. then tell me if she does this of her own volition, why I'm to be sympathetic about this whatsoever, because I'm not. There's a, just another example.
4: I think in Ireland of rugby, some guy went running. in. There's a, now a dude just trucking women on a rugby field. And so this reporter came in asking him about and the a bunch of the women were getting mad at the reporter for even daring okay I know then you know what we're out okay
2: cool all right hey dust off sandals I'm moving on do not be deceived God will not be mocked you always reap what you sow right okay cool I I showed up I asked it's clear you want this not my issue then moving on all I had I was just asked to go to Nineveh and then if you got, you know, whatever y'all reaction was going to be, not my problem. I did my job, you know, so y'all want to, you want to burn. You're going to, I've got great news for you. You're going to get your wish. So I'm kicking the dust off my sandals and moving on to the next town. You know, this goes back to the conversation with Maria. Um, too many of our churches think they're nicer than Jesus. They haven't died for anybody. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for Everybody. So when you, when you match him in sacrifice, then you can say you, you can try to strive to be nicer than Jesus. And the one who died up there for the sins of all mankind also looked at his apostles and said, when you get to this kind of point, what kind of point, the kind of point where the women show up in a violent event because they are, they're willing to be beaten by men for money, kick the dust off your sandals and move on. They don't want to hear. It. It's a waste of time. You know, that's Tyre and Sidon, which were two pagan, you know, metropolises of Bible times. And that's it. You know, they'll be judged. You did your job. You showed up. They didn't want to hear. Go somewhere else. Don't waste your time. A special guest will join us next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends over at Sweat Block, especially right now, folks, where we have got some awful heat throughout much of the country. Put Sweat Block to the test, whether it's their antiperspirant wipes designed for your underarms. If you have some excessive sweating issues and just regular deodorant won't do the trick, this is where Sweat Block comes into play. I happen to love uh, the de- the deodorant lotion. For some of those uh, more sensitive regions, they can get kind of swampy when it gets hot like it is right now. Those, I've used that uh, on two different trips now in the heat to Universal Studios the last few years. One to Orlando a couple years ago. One to LA last week and it held up like a champ both times. So highly recommend it. They've got a fantastic stick deodorant as well. So many great products that you can take advantage of. If you go to sweatblock.com that's sweatblock.com and use the promo code DACE for 20% off promo code DACE for 20% off at sweatblock.com All right. This doesn't happen very often. Like, how often, Todd and Aaron, have I looked at you guys before we went on the air or had somebody on the air and I told you I'm a little nervous?
3: Less than one hand. I
2: have no memory of it. Yeah, it it doesn't happen often. I I, I am genuinely nervous right now. So, for many years, we had a tradition when I was a local show, when the kids were little, that they um, they got to come on on their birthdays. And the audience loved it. Now, my son, Noah, got shortchanged on this, though, because I left local radio right about the time that he would be like of the age where, you know, he was capable of of doing that. And so his sisters got to do this for several years and he never did. And so I thought, you know, it might be kind of cool to give Noah his chance and do it this year. Now, he's here with us. This is my 16 year old son, Noah Dace say hello hello how you guys doing and i'm nervous because i don't have a clue what he's going to say and he has my dna all right so now i think i know how i make the rest of you guys feel i don't know what he's gonna say he has my dna so he could go rogue at any moment all right but we thought no one i thought it'd be a treat to have him come on for my birthday and share what do we do like three things three things three things that maybe people don't know Either things you like learn from me growing up, or pe- maybe people don't know what it's like to grow up with me as a dad. So what's what? What is it? Which one of the which one of the questions are we going to answer?
5: All right. So these are my top three favorite Steve Dace memories ah. from me growing up. My favorite memories with you.
2: Favorite memories growing up with me. Now I am even more nervous. <laughs> than i was before that time he fell down the stairs that time i saw him naked out of the shower that time he face planted in the driveway right <laughs> stuff like when
5: did i face plant in the driveway
2: <laughs> i don't know that i have i just oh, I probably did at least no, once no, at least not yet i don't know if i keep going with one ear i'll lose balance and maybe that'll start happening i don't know all right all right so are you first of all before we answer these questions are you guys aaron this may be you one day are you ready for this oh i'm more than ready for this <laughs> i cannot wait When when your, when your son holds your life and future in his hands, you're looking forward to that? Or you're just oh, looking forward this, to this and happening I'm, to me? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm
3: looking forward to this happening to you. I'm okay. not even thinking about that other thing yet.
2: Todd, what do you think? How do you think this is going to go?
4: I'm uh, hoping that he sees and raises the t-shirt you're wearing.
2: That's what I'm hoping. So to. cringy. You yes. want it to be very cringy. Yes. You're all fired. I'm firing you guys for my birthday. Rooting for my <laughs> demise. Rooting for cringe. What are we doing here? Well, that's Raising the, a quality n- son, that's I the, hope. That's the dude code. That's he's, what we do. Yes, we,
5: we bust each other. That's what we do here.
2: All right. All right. So let's do these one at a time. Number
5: one. All right. So actually, I'm going on three to one, actually. All right. Three to so one. So the Go. number one is probably my favorite. Okay. Number so three. Number three is uh, back. So like my, you know, my first introduction to playing football was through Upward Flag Football, and you, uh, f- for some of the years, he was my coach on our flag football team. And I remember one day... Cause we only had practices like Mondays nights or Thursday nights, just stuff like that. One of these days, these kids wouldn't get this play down. He was just wailing on them. he was screaming at them, not like violently, but he was yelling at them, cause they wouldn't do it right. I pulled him aside and I said, in uh, my little voice, I was like, "Dad, daddy, I-, I don't know if these kids are used to this kind of intensity." <laughs> I started talking to him like that, and he like he's he's brought it up at least once or twice every few weeks for the every year since for the rest of my life he's brought that up and mentioned that. So, number two is...
2: All right, let's do these one at a time oh, and yeah. get
5: a reaction. Yeah. Guys, right. what do you think? To that?
2: To, to number three there. You that think? totally happened. It did. <laughs> that totally that happened. That absolutely happened. He walks up to me, this little dude. Now he's like eye to eye with me with a deeper voice and hairier legs. He walks up to me, this little dude. He tugs on my shirt. All right? He's a little dude voice. Daddy, I'm not sure these kids are used to that kind of intensity. That's what he says to me. I like, never... And I had to turn how, away because I wanted to how laugh. How old were you? She's like eight, eight, eight you're nine years old. Yeah. You're out there throwing okay. clipboards, like, what <laughs> I, the hell are we doing out here? Just grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I'm like Bobby Ross. I don't coach that. I'm looking at the other coaches. I don't coach him to jump off sides. What are we doing?
5: Right. You're like eight year olds.
2: <laughs> you guys ever hear Vince Lombardi? <laughs> yeah. Sissy. And I, and I had to, I had to stay in mood. So I, had, I, I had to like turn away because it was just so adorable. It was so funny. It made me laugh. He's yeah. like, he was very sincere. I just don't think they're used to this kind of intensity. <laughs> like, I, don't think you're, I don't think you're reaching the kids. <laughs> <right>. Just great, <laughs> so okay. great.
5: All right, number two. Number two is uh, my our first game at the big house. I think it was back maybe 2015, 2016. 2016. Yeah, yeah when I was little, it yep. was versus Hawaii. Yep. I remember it to this day. We won 63 to three. Yep. And I remember at, at, at before it was was it before? Hear him the using the Wii.
2: Hear him using the Wii. That's how you. That's how you roll. That's how you roll with Ben, right there, Aaron. You hear me? The, he's already talking. He's talking about Michigan using the we. He's got the pronouns in order. He knows. All right. That's what you need to do with your son. Go got ahead. It. All Go right. Yeah. So
5: uh, yeah. But well, we won sixty-three to three, and I remember. I don't. I think it was at, at halftime, at the end of the game. You would like. You interviewed me, and I had that hat that was twice as big as my head was. Yeah. And I had like that big jersey, like the number four jersey. I still have it. Doesn't fit me anymore. Yep. And then uh, you interviewed me there, and I remember how big it was. My like, I remember when we walked in there, we were in one of the lower levels, and like it was so loud, and no one was in there yet, but yep. it was still so loud. It was like, like you could feel every time anything happened, you could feel it. And it was electric. That remember is one, that, yeah.
2: that is one of my favorites as well. With all due well.
4: respect, Noah. I could care less about that game. I want to hear about you and your dad walking <laughs> yeah. the streets of Chicago
5: after the Northwestern. Oh, game. Looking for a That's place. oh the I game. forgot about that. I didn't put it on the That's list. The that was hilarious. That we tell on on them giving. that story? Have you said this story the I, show I, oh.
2: No one's heard your side of the story. No one's heard my side It was side a of the whole story. show the day after. It was a
5: very plain Trains, and Automobiles <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. All right. So was it, like, was it like the Northwestern game? Northwestern in 2018. So we got there, and it was like... So you're 11 years old. So we got there, and it was super warm and everything. You know, and then it, because it was like 73 degrees or so, and then eventually it started getting colder. I remember there were the drunk people behind us yep. who were screaming, like, and stuff like that. just. And you're a
2: homeschooled kid hearing words you're not used to hearing. Yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. swearing constantly. Yeah, yeah. And so. you're like looking at me like, is this even allowed? Can you talk like this? And <laughs> I'm not used to this kind
4: of intensity. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to this kind of intensity. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. yes.
5: Uh, Go ahead so and then so I, but of course because i was a dumb kid i was wearing like flip-flops like hacky shorts you know
2: and i'm a terrible dad and i didn't even notice that before we left them uh, yeah left the so hotel. i, I yeah. started
5: getting really cold and because of my asthma and everything i started you know i started not feeling well so we went but like so we parked about a mile mile or mile and a half away and then uh we called an uber over to, to come take us to where the game was yeah we didn't know that you can't like get an uber back you can't get an uber around that area in a specific vicinity. once the game's already started yeah so when we tried to leave like around halftime we couldn't get like we couldn't call we tried to call he tried to call an uber and we couldn't leave so we had to walk the entire time and it was through chicago and everything and then i remember like about a quarter of the way through there's this guy behind us with tattoos he looked like a perfectly normal guy but like i was going really slow with the flip-flops and everything so he was like this is a really bad part of town. This is sure to It was actually
2: a very nice part yeah, of town. It really I was just nice. trying to
5: freak him out because he's walking too slow. So I started like, okay. sprinting almost
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he to
5: catch up to me. Everything, and then eventually he was like, oh, i got to take a whiz. So we went into this bathroom, and he looked around and he was like where's the bathroom I remember following him all scared and everything he was like where's the bathroom and then this like little like Indian guy clerk walked up and he was like are you looking for something sir and he was like yeah where's the bathroom and he was like the bathrooms are out of order and he like I looked at that dude and I was like you messed up you did something <laughs> he looked like- at that guy like run okay run yeah <laughs> I, would, I, I thought that dude was gonna die I thought I was gonna watch you kill a man that day Cause he was like my height and I was like 11 And I was like this guy's gonna die I was so scared for that man's life And then eventually after another like hour of walking Even though it was only a mile and a half It still took that long After like an hour of another walking At least it felt like that We got, finally got to the car And But he, since he hadn't been able to use the bathroom that entire time He had to go to the bathroom in some of these bushes So he said hey Noah look out real quick You know and I was like You want me to watch you pee? <laughs> Because I, I never do... I didn't know what he meant. Like, I didn't know... Get like, homeschooled kid. He yeah. doesn't
2: know the code. Yeah, he doesn't know. He hasn't been I, out I much I thought he was yet. trying yes. to get me to
5: watch him pee, and I was like, am I missing some technique or something? Like, <laughs> what do you need me to watch you pee for? I didn't get it at that time. So I was really confused. And I was like, no, son, I need you to watch for cops.
2: I'm going to pee right <laughs> yeah. here in the parking yeah. lot. Okay? Yeah. That was on the way back... I got pulled over for speeding right yeah i remember that and noah's all bundled up in the back seat freezing you know and the cop comes over and i've got out of state plates and he sees me where sees us all wearing michigan gear and he's like you guys are lost aren't you and i said yeah and he goes do you know how fast you're going and i said no he goes way fast then he looked in the back of the car and saw noah he, he had mercy on us and said just you know what looks like you've got a lot going on right now is what he said. He's yeah. like, do they
5: have I'm speed gonna limits? I'm going to let you go. Just watch your speed, please. He was like, do they not have speed limits in Iowa or something? Yes, I remember he yes. said something like that. Yes. yes. And then like, I saved up for like three weeks for my allowance because I wanted to get stuff from the gift shop there at the game or something because it didn't streak my mind that all other stuff there would be Northwestern stuff, But but that's... Besides the point, but I saved up all this money to get stuff from the gift shop and everything, and I forgot about toll roads thing. So I gave up like all of that yes. money.
2: Noah paid for all the toll roads
5: yeah. on the way home. That was, yeah, we, I didn't get my money. I didn't have any cash. Yeah. I, did a, like, yeah. lessons, I didn't get my money back from like... life
2: lessons. Noah. I didn't get any of that money
5: back him until like five years later. So, yeah, life lesson: <laughs> yeah. if
2: I'm if I'm not carrying cash, no one can take any money from me. Yes. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Before we get to the, uh, we've got one more. Right. Yes. yes. All right. Before yeah. we get to one more, let's talk about our friends over at Eden Pure Air Purifiers. They don't just pure. They don't just freshen the air. They purify it. It uh, it kills the things that are causing those strong odors from cooking, uh, smoke, litter boxes, trash cans, even that mildew smell in the basement that you can't get rid of. No match. That's why they've sold over 350,000 units with thousands of online five star reviews and a lot five-star reviews from our audience because of how well this product has worked. You can save $200 right now by getting their three-pack for whole home protection, all three units for under $200 plus free shipping. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com and enter the discount code Steve, that's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve, and you'll get free shipping as well. No, do you remember when we went to dinner uh, uh, on the subway on the northwestern campus that night no I actually don't okay we went to dinner and, and we each just we went to subway and it was two sandwiches oh I, re- I remember you now and it was like 30 40, bucks, yeah it was yeah. like 35 bucks Because they jacked the prices up so much for game day traffic. Right. Yeah. 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 I thought I I I almost I almost hurt somebody when I got that
5: bill as well. All right. All right. What's the final one? Speaking on on. that last one, I can't wait for like the uncontext Steve Day show account to make like I'm like a meme about me watching you pee or something. Yes. Yeah. If you guys don't
2: know, my family loves those accounts. Yeah. We I I follow them. And shares this stuff and
5: follow me. Yeah, all the time. I follow it on Instagram. It's great. I love it. It's great. (laughs) It's hilarious. It's weird because you just see memes about your dad and stuff, and it's just like stuff you're not you wouldn't expect. Alright, so the last one, like my favorite memory and something that kind of sticks with me for the rest of my life because I still do it at least once a year is when we played through all the Batman Arkham games as a family, Yeah. especially Arkham Asylum because I remember every time you guys meet one of my friends or something, you always have to bring this up. You always bring it up when we were doing the in Arkham Asylum, we had to go into the Killer Croc sections, into the sewers to get the f- like, the pheromones and stuff. Yeah. And I would be like, oh, guys, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, no, we get a little scared. Yeah. And I would I'll walk, be back. I'll walk into the other and room. And we just coincidentally come back when we were through the scary part. Yeah, just right when we finished. And then they hear hearing me breathing in the other room and everything. And I was just going to sit there yeah. and just do whatever my Legos and whatnot while they're doing that part. But, yeah, I still play those every year and everything. So that was kind of my favorite memory because I remember, like, well, how did we do it? I remember I did all the combat sections. Yeah. Z- uh, and then Zoe looked out for the greats, right? Yep, and yep. Then Anna looked for the weak walls yep. and stuff. And
2: then Mom would, if we got stuck, Mom. Those, this was the early days of YouTube and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Mom would look up on YouTube, you know, uh, for the the walkthroughs. If we got stuck in an mm-hmm. area, how to get past it. Yeah. yeah. So we had like a system, and we'd do that. We would do those over Christmas break as a family. After that, playing them, a like, lot of great memories.
5: After playing them like twenty times, it's pretty easy to get through those yeah, sections it, now. It does get a lot, it's easier. a lot easier. It does. Yeah.
2: All right. So those are his three favorite memories judge me now as a dad i well, give you, I, I give each of you permission
4: hey when you get to the age you guys are and you have this kind of relationship i mean that's everything i mean it just is everything getting to now i'm, I'm a couple weeks away of uh, saying goodbye to uh daughter uh number two you know the, the memories at the end of the day and sending him off and making memories of their own. And if they're inspired by what they lived through instead of trying to escape it, mm-hmm. which you've been honest about your entire life, Steve, you flipped the script, Steve. You would not uh, be a slave to your past, and you gave your children a better future. And so you're obviously a success.
2: Mm. Thank yeah,
3: you. Yeah, I mean, it's bizarre, both both you and Todd. I mean, we've been working together for, it'll be, uh, for me, it'll be eight years in November and we're not like getting to get families don't get together, um, much, but you know, we're aware of kind of what's going on and, uh, you know, remembering, uh, remembering, you know, the ages of your families. And now, like Todd just said, two out the door and, and, uh, one out the door, one married, one about to go for you, Steve. It's really, (laughs) really bizarre in a good way to see, uh, to see both of your families growing up and, uh, it's you know the memories that uh, that Noah just shared, those are great memories because it's not just it it's not just um, hey these are typical things these are Steve Dace these are Dace memories you couldn't have with uh, with anybody else and that was uh, that was fun to fun to hear.
2: I think where when we get together even now uh, all of us you know, Anna comes over with Stephen now on Sunday nights. We try to do a family dinner night as often as we can. And most of the time there is a request to watch family videos, mm-hmm. you know, and By so Zoe the, mainly not me. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so the fact that uh, the kids want to watch those uh, to me, I just, that's small confirmation that I didn't screw this up too badly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Too badly. Because I, too badly. I yeah. screwed it up <laughs> some for sure. Okay. But, but not uh, too badly. Um, And uh, I just want to say, I just, dude, I love being your dad. I've loved it all along. Um, You're my little dude. Now you're my grown man. And I'm very proud of the young man that uh, you have become and how much you have grown and matured in the last year, how you handle your business. You take responsibility for your actions. And um, you're just a cool dude, man. Here's the thing. I don't, it's, I don't just love you. I like being around you. Mm-hmm. and uh, th- fathers and sons don't always get both of those at the same time or sometimes when they get both of them that happens maybe later on not at 16 yeah but i don't just love i don't just love you more than my own life but i like being around you so that was fun thank yeah. you for coming in
5: <laughs> thank you fair all
2: right you guys we had overtime to do all right We're gonna do that for blaze tv subscribers and we will do that uh at blaze tv.com slash days for the rest of you have a great weekend And until Monday, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.